Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. This episode is coming to you live from my beach house in Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, which is nestled between Moorhead City and Beaufort, North Carolina. Beaufort being an old stomping grounds of people like Blackbeard the Pirate and various other pirates and naval personnel. Uh, The old burying ground rests there, which has bodies buried in the ground dating back to late 1600s. A lot of rich history here. In this episode, I will be discussing the bonkers story of the alien guest at the Pentagon. Now, every once in a while, there is a case in the field that really raises eyebrows. There are the cases in which even the most open-minded and willing to believe are sometimes left speechless and wondering what to think. Such stories have become almost legendary within this field, and none of these are certainly the time of supposed Venezuelan emissary was the guest at the Pentagon. In the winter of 1957, Harley Andrew Byrd, nephew to the late Rear Admiral Richard R.E. Byrd of the United States Navy, who was a high-ranking official at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and a part of Project Blue Book, got a harried and panicked call from the police department in Alexandria, Virginia. According to him, two policemen reported that they had seen a UFO that had landed in a field and that tall men dressed in white had emerged, claiming to be from the High Council and calling himself Valiant Thor. This being was was purportedly picked up and taken to the Pentagon where he was introduced to the Undersecretary of Defense at that time, as well as the Secretary of Defense, Neil H. McIlroy, and then given VIP status and hurried off to see the President of the United States himself, Dwight D. Eisenhower, as well as the Vice President at the time, Richard Nixon. According to Byrd, Valiant Thor, which that's what he called himself, was supposedly from Venus, and that's what he told those who had encountered him, and spent some amount of time at the Pentagon speaking to the president about the world's problems. And Byrd would say, Commander James was on duty at the security clearance and review for the branch officer of Project Blue Book. He oversaw the meeting through official channels and reported the landing and meeting of the space emissary, as he was labeled by the Department of Defense to the governing group of high military officials including Secretary of Defense, F.F. Forretstahl, and other scientific men of which there were 12 at that time. They in turn made recommendations to the President and the Cabinet members, the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and so on. The landing of Valiant Thor was perhaps the first documented landing of a human-type alien by military officials. He contacted an individual in the Pentagon who was an advocate of the UFO alien situation. Nancy Warren, in turn, contacted a minister who was also a private investigator and theologian, a Dr. Frank E. Stranges, who then met with the individual. Dr. Stranges had been guest speaker at the National Evangelic Center for over two weeks. Val Thor landed in Alexandria and met with the president to discuss the world's problems and offer advice and counsel on how to deal with the uh, elemental problem of them and to eliminate the hostiles. He indicated to Mr. Eisenhower that the world was in 
a precarious situation, and that if the world continued to proceed on a war footing, it would cause an economic imbalance throughout the world. He indicated that his race of people lived and dwelled underground, and that many of the planets throughout the universe sustain life in the same manner. He also mentioned the waves of aliens who would land around the world to help with the Earth's seemingly unsurmountable problems. He stated that a group from a distant planetary system would be coming to give aid and data to help the Earth's progress. Richard Nixon was apparently, at that time, involved in this and offered advice to those that were on the panel. Bird talks nonsense, makes all manner of bizarre claims about greys, Sasquatch, Aryans, and other alien types, and commemorizes the whole prophet. Harley Bird is actually a huckster who merely possesses as Bird's grandson to sell those bogus diaries. It certainly is all pretty out there and is likely to be scoffed at by most of the general mainstream. There are plenty of inconsistencies and red flags in the story, and yet it has become a pretty indelible mainstay within the field. For some of those persistent stories, we like to brush under the carpet and pretend they don't exist. For others, it is a point of debate and discussion. For others, still, it is enough to make one just shrug their shoulders and wonder. Was Strangest telling the truth, or is it all completely woohoo nonsense? Whichever side you fall on, the story of Valiant Thor has become fairly legendary, and at the very least is another one of the many truly bizarre cases that inevitably pop up from time to time. And since the Pentagon has been speaking so openly and freely about UFO encounters, it has been unsealed and papers have been presented to the general public showing that this meeting actually took place on that year, on that day, between these government officials, and the meeting was documented. Apparently, Valiant Thor stayed there in Washington, D.C. for a full three years of his mysterious mission before suddenly dematerializing in 1960 to return to his home planet. The story was processed, it has been passed around, and with the age of the internet making it more easy to get your hands on, it is something else that we can chalk up to the unknown and the much talked about. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ex-intelligence official says government is hiding alien technology from Congress. The past six years have been a real roller coaster for the extraterrestrial-minded in America. In 2017, the New York Times revealed that former Senator Harry Reid had previously snuck away $22 million in defense funding to investigate unidentified foreign objects, 
Since then, some Navy pilots have come forward to report frequent UFO sightings, while the Pentagon has revamped its investigation process in an effort to take the matter more seriously. The increased scrutiny hasn't led to any breakthroughs. It turns out many of the objects the pilots sighted were just balloons. Right, but a new report from Leslie Keene and Ralph Bluthenol, part of the team that broke the Time story in 2017, gives hope to the alien optimists. On the science website, The Debrief, the pair described the story of a defense intelligence whistleblower, David Charles Grouch, who has alleged that the intelligence community is hiding classified evidence of intact and partially intact crafts of non-human origin. In a later interview in News Nation, Grouch even claimed that the government has evidence of alien life in crashed spacecraft from another planet. Well, naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you encounter dead pilots, he said. And believe it or not, as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. Grouch claims in a complaint that the Pentagon, other nations, and the defense contractors have recovered fragments of exotic origin, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based in the vehicle morphologies and material science testing, and the possession of unique atom arrangements and radiological signatures. Grouch goes on to state that the material includes intact and partially intact vehicles. While a previous UFO expert in the government might be have been discredited, Grouch has bona fides that are worth taking seriously. Grouch is a 36-year-old combat veteran of Afghanistan who was a member of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, the program run by the Office of the Naval Intelligence to investigate UFO sightings from 2019 to 2021. He served on the task force as the representative of the National Reconnaissance Office, considered one of the big five of the U.S. intelligence agencies. His colleagues think highly of him as well. Carl Nell, a retired Army colonel who was also on the UFO task force, told the debrief that Grush was beyond reproach. Nell also backed up one of the Grush's claims in the complaint that there is an ongoing competition with other countries to identify UFO crashes, landings, and retrieve the material for exploitation and reverse engineering. His assertion concerning the existence of a terrestrial arms race occurring sabrosa over the past 80 years focused on reverse engineering technologies of unknown origin and fun is fundamentally correct. Nell told the debrief as the indisputable realization that at least some of these technologies of unknown origin derive from non-human intelligence. Another intelligence official investigating UFOs, Jonathan Gray, concurred. The non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone, he said. This is a global phenomenon and yet a global solution. It continues to elude us all. An unclassified version of the complaint shared with debrief states that the evidence of extraterrestrial tech was illegally withheld from Congress congressional oversight by the intelligence community in order to purposely and intentionally thwart legitimate congressional oversight of the UAP program. When Grosch raised the concern, 
he was subject to months of retaliation. He requested that the details of that retaliation be withheld to protect the integrity of the ongoing investigation, per the report. An intelligence investigation has been launched in response to his whistleblower complaint, while the House Permanent Select Committee on the Intelligence did not comment the Pentagon cleared the information in the report in April of 2023. The debrief has also provided a look into its fact-checking and reporting process for the story. Grush, who retired in April, said that he hoped his claims would provide an ontological shock in the interview with News Nation. Grush explained and expanded on his claims. These are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles. Call it spacecraft, if you will. Non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed, he said. I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse, he added. But as his career progressed, people started to confide in me, approach me. I have plenty of senior former intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my entire career. They confided in me, and they were part of a program. Grush added that he had not seen photographs of the spacecraft themselves. In April, the director of the Pentagon's UFO research told the Senate in April that they found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. Soon after Grush's claims were made public, a Department of Defense spokesperson told the mainstream media that there is no verifiable evidence or information to substantiate the claim. Fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. And welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking with me this long. I don't have much left to get through, but I would be happy to share this with you as a former Pentagon UFO official, Louis Elizondo, is to reveal shocking details in a new book. The former head of the U.S. government's secretive UFO program is penning a book for HarperCollins that includes profound implications for humanity. The former director of a secretive U.S. government UFO program is ready to tell his full story and also to discuss the secret space program. He headed the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program effort to study UFOs around the world and 
affiliated with the Secret Space Program. He has signed a book deal with William Moreau, an imprint of HarperCollins, after a competitive bidding war for the U.S. publishing rights. The memoir promises to reveal shocking, never-before-shared details regarding his learned information about UFOs and the profound implications for humanity, all of which will escalate what is already a hot-button topic globally. He was featured on CBS 60 Minutes segment on the UFO phenomenon. That has racked up 10 million views on YouTube, making it the show's fourth most-watched segment on that streaming service. Former President Barack Obama added on the late show in May of 2021, what is true, and I'm actually being serious here, is that there are, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are, where they come from. We can't explain how they moved, their trajectory. They did not have an easy explainable pattern. And so, you know, I think that people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. In June, the Pentagon released the long-awaited report in 2021 on UFOs, which have been redubbed Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. That contained limited information about the task forces and the secret space program's findings. The report focused on 143 sightings by military aviators made since 2004 alone. Of the objects that seem to defy traditional classification and some of which seem to break the laws of physics as well. The report offered five possible conclusions about what objects could be and that ranged from the ultra-mundane birds, plastic bags, to the rather worrisome top-secret technology from U.S. adversaries like Russia and China, to the rather eyebrow-raising other most significantly to UFO buffs. The report did not rule out aliens and concluded more study was needed. The American people now know a small portion of what I my colleagues in the Pentagon have been privy to for decades, says Mr. Elanzando, that the UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, are not secret U.S. technology, that they do not seem to belong to any known allies or adversaries, and that our intelligence services have yet to identify a terrestrial explanation for these extraordinary vehicles. This conversation is only just beginning. Elizondo was a former U.S. Army counterintelligence special agent and helped hunt drug traffickers, terrorists, and spies in 2008. He was asked to be part of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a $22 million program sponsored by then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid to study UFOs. In 2010, he was made director of the program, and in 2017, he resigned from his position in protest of excessive government secrecy regarding UFOs. Elizondo was also involved in To the Stars, Academy of Arts and Sciences, from 2017 to 2020, and appeared on History Channel's Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigations. In 2019, a Pentagon spokesperson attempted to cast doubt on Elizondo's leadership role within the AATIP, 
but Harry Reid issued a counterstatement that firmly vouched for Elizondo's position. Elizondo's book deal was brokered by Dan Farah of Farah Films and Management and Fat Reese, Jindal of YRP Partners in Literary and Media with the Moral Depertie, Senior VP and Executive Editor at William Morrow. His involvement with the Secret Space Program was confirmed and cannot be denied. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Well, this is the kind of news headline I'm talking about. What I'm about to share with you, two U.S. fighter planes were scrambled in order to shoot down an unidentified flying object over the English countryside during the Cold War, according to secret files made public as of recent. One pilot said he was seconds away from firing 24 rockets at the object, which moved erratically and gave a radar reading like a flying aircraft carrier. The pilot, Milton Torres, now 77, and living in Miami, said it spent periods motionless in the sky before reaching estimated speeds of more than 7,600 miles per hour. After the alert, a shadowy figure told Torres he must never talk about the incident, and he duly kept silent for more than 30 years. His story was among dozens of UFO sightings, in defense files released at the National Archives in London. In a written account, Torres described how he scrambled his F-86D Sabre jet in calm weather from the Royal Air Force Base at Manston, Kent in May of 1957. I was only a lieutenant and very much aware of the gravity of the situation. I felt very much like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, he said. The order came to fire a salvo of rockets on the UFO. The authentication was valid, and I selected 24 rockets. I had a lock on it and had the proportions of a flying aircraft carrier, he added. The larger the airplane, the easier the lock on. This blip almost locked itself. And at the last moment, the object disappeared from the radar screen, and the high-speed chase was called off. He returned to base and was debriefed the next day by an unnamed man who looked like a well-dressed IBM salesman. He threatened me with a national security breach if I breathed the word about it to anyone. The documents contain no official explanation for the incident, which came to light at the heightened tension between the West and the Soviet Union. Planes were on a constant standby 
at British bases for possible Soviet attacks. The files blame other UFO sightings on weather balloons, clouds, or normal aircraft. Torres said he had been waiting 50 years for an explanation. I shall never forget it, he told the Times. On that night, I was ordered to open fire even before I had taken off. That had never happened before. UFO expert David Clark said the sighting may have been part of a U.S. project to create phantom aircraft on radar screens to test Soviet air defenses. Perhaps what this pilot had been seeing was some kind of experiment on electronic warfare, or maybe it was a UFO. He said, something very unusual happened. And these files, of course, are online at www.nationalarchives.gov.uk backslash backslash UFOs. Keep your eyes on the sky. Be good to those around you. Have a great rest of the week and a terrific weekend. I'll be back next week with more of the strange and unusual. And thank you for listening this long to this episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Godspeed. Always want to go, but you never-